Welcome to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy, and you can always reach me, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Fry Comedy. And today, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is my third part in a three-part series of my conversation with comedian Keith Burr. And uh, I would advise you, he's so funny, you guys, I would advise you to go find him. It's B-U-R-R. Without further ado, here is part three of our three-part conversation. Let's begin. I'm smarter or, you know, more intellect. Well, I am, okay? Fuck that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> smart. You're smarter. <laughs> it's okay. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and it's it's a thing. Like, why am I ashamed of that? It's, yeah. It's, it's not well, really because we're supposed to be humble in our society. That's why. Yeah, you're, you're right, and you know, but that society that doesn't reward it is supposed to somehow appreciate it. It's yeah. their counter, their counter ideas. But yeah, with the religion being the way that it is, like all of this is a one way of people's deal, uh, people's way of dealing or coping with death, and that eternal fear that we've got of not knowing what happens on the other side. So they're so fast to flock to this ideology that says, oh, this life is nothing but a vehicle for something better that isn't promised. And you get a bunch of these fake fucking preachers out here that don't have anyone's best interest in, the, in mind whatsoever. And they exploit that, right. Pockets. Yeah, and they got, they're out here preaching love and forgiveness and acceptance with one hand, but they've got a stick ready to beat the fuck out of you in the other hand if you don't take it. I mean, they're ready to paint you off like some social pariah, but they're the ones that are hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, a point of clarification. I agree with what you said, because when I was talking about adaptability, I agree. Um, yes. I, you know, when I talk about being adaptable, um, that doesn't mean that we should adapt to fucked up shit. It doesn't mean that we should adapt to corruption. We shouldn't have to adapt to the worst jobs and the worst pay and the worst people ever. That's not what I mean by being adaptable. I just mean, there are some people who give up before they even get to the starting gate, you know? So for those people, you know, pay your dues, try starting, you know, if you're 17, 18, 19, get a job, pay your dues, figure things out. If you fail, that's okay. At least you're trying, you know, there is just a, a, a natural uh, uh, place where, where, we should all see where the line is of what is uh, at uh, where we should adapt to normal, re- normal, regular jobs, normal, regular society and where we shouldn't have to adapt. So, no, I, don't get me wrong, because I'm very much an activist when it comes to uh, social change, economic change. I, you know, and not to sound, you know, nihilistic or not to sound, uh, you know, uh, jaded or anything. Um, but you know, the other day I was speaking to my friend and I was just telling him like, are we just supposed to work these shitty ass jobs forever and never, ever have any greater, deeper meaning in life? And just, this is it, huh? Wow. That's that's what the institutions that are in power would have us do. Exactly. And so I'm all about creating the change, uh, creating awareness uh, challenging who our authorities are, uh, uh, creating uh, deeper, more meaningful uh, conversations in our in our society. Because yes, um, while we, sh- you know, there, you know, and that's where it's funny. Because on the one hand, uh, you know, you talk, people talk about in our society about everybody uh, gets a trophy and every, you know, no child left behind, and you know, everybody wins and. There's no competition and no sore feelings. While that could be a little bit of coddling, on the other hand, do you really want to live in a society where we don't help and coddle each other at all, where it's just a a fuck you mentality? And so I think I would rather have what we have now in society where kids have to wear, uh, you know, helmets everywhere and kids have to... um, Sort of, you know, it, it, it's kind of becoming the Me Too movement. Everybody, you know, it's kumbaya and love and peace. Uh, maybe it gets a little bit, I don't know, goofy and silly. And 
wimpy, you know, for us older folks who grew up in the 60s and 70s are like, what the fuck? Are we all becoming, what the, what the hell, you know? I to get so, broken, the cops will take me home. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I've thought about this, and I, I would rather have a society that's a little soft than a little hard because See, nobody's, nobody's helping each other anymore, you know? See, um, you know, what is it? Soft times breed soft people. Hard times breed hard people. And, you know, it's like if you take somebody that's never came up against any kind of just resistance or had anyone counter <laughs> what they're thinking in their head or what they're saying, and then mm-hmm. you present them with something that's actually going against what they believe. A lot of those people that don't have any experience with trouble or just, uh, what am I trying to think of? Um, trouble or... <clears throat> Anything that challenges the way they view in the world, okay, take a kid that has been called his whole life until he's 25 years old. He gets his first job at a big company, and then he gets met with a little bit of, uh, you know, back talk. You know, somebody talks shit to him. That kid doesn't know how to fucking deal with that whatsoever, and he goes and it manifests in some other bad way, usually, to the detriment of himself or all the people around him, too. You know, if Mm -hmm. we took competition and struggle out of like the world that we live in now. I think that, you know, as soon as we're faced with another global thing that we all have to deal with as a whole, what's, who's going to, who's there to deal with it? Like everybody's Mm going to hide their head. And, you know, I think that that's where, you know, a lot of the times like people say, Oh, you gotta, you gotta destroy the old, um, structure to you know build a new one but you know, how do we know how to build the new structure with that looking at what we had before like how do right. we deal with it i mean i'm not yeah. trying to play devil's advocate here or anything but you know it's you know there's there's an argument to be made for both sides that's the you know comfort mm-hmm. you're for the comfort side i'm kind of the more i guess uh, knowledgeable um how to deal with things in a correct way instead of the most, instead of the easiest way. Oh, I agree. I agree. Sometimes there's not, there's not enough nuance in our institutions. And so uh, what happens is, is our society uh, can only get as good as our collective uh, thinking becomes. And so I agree that, you know, because, um, and, and, you know, I was just trying to illustrate that um, I would rather kids be a little soft than a little too hard because uh, society is becoming a sociopath. And do we really want hardship in society to crack and break the will of everybody so they all become a bunch of assholes? Or do we want it to be just challenging enough to build character? You know, so there's that fine line of, of difficulty versus um comfort or, or challenge, you know? So yeah. Strength, you know, the the rabbit is pretty much, it's not capable of doing good because it's not capable of any evil. Like the rabbit's never going to help anybody. True strength is being, being capable of doing bad things and then choosing to do otherwise. And Mm -hmm. with that, you know, it comes, you know, experience and, you know, true strength and character and, you know, being solid of mind. You know, that comes from, you know, being part of a world that, you know, isn't the nicest, but you've figured out a way through it and, you know, what works for you. And, you know, if you're a normal functioning member of society, you know, all these people, they have stories that, you know, none of us know about. And I kind of like I found myself thinking, okay, well, this is the way I feel about all these things. So that has to be the, you know, the standard. That's what what right would be. And keep thinking about that more and more and more. And like, even down to the point of what is, what is good or evil, right? Is good mm-hmm. or evil even a real thing is, or is that just, you know, like people, whenever they see someone, they don't understand, they call them crazy. Is that just a lazy cop out instead of trying to take, do the work to understand that person or why they're that way? Or, you know, it, <laughs> you know what I'm I saying? Think you're I, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, uh, you know, when you label things, oftentimes you are, you know, like I used the word crazy earlier, but it, not to take away from the nuance of mental health 
challenges. Like a lot of people come to my podcast because they want clarity and, and confidence, uh, but in a gentle and loving way. And so that's what I try to give people is this, the encouragement to believe in themselves, uh, the clarity to know what's right and wrong and uh, the love to go out and do it um, because love is what fuels people's um, passions, I believe. And so um, I think there yeah. is a fine line between toughness and uh, softness in this society. And, uh, you know, you got to be tough enough to, 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 to be able to roll with the punches, but uh, there's only so many punches you can roll with until you won't get up again. And so, uh, the, the proper amount of challenge is, is, is imperative. Um, but our society, um, there's no rules anymore in our economy. There's no rules in corporatism. There's no rules. We, you know, we, the problem with our society is this. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that say you go through K through 12 in really good schools and you meet good friends and you got good teachers and everybody, is kumbaya with a very thoughtful and loving. And then you go out into that world and holy shit, not sing- one single one of those values seems to be reflected in that world. And so the problem is, is that we're not holding um, the biggest moneyed interest in our society accountable. They don't share our values. And so Trump and Trumpism Never mind that he was a jerk. That part should be ignored. Like, eh, whatever. That's innocuous. It doesn't hurt anything. What was so dangerous about Trump is that Trump and Trumpism was trying to get all of the biggest moneyed interests together for the greatest power grab in history. If they can grab enough wealth and they can uh, concentrate enough wealth and concentrate enough uh, uh, getting rid of uh, benefits and opportunities for regular people like us, and then uh, creating tax breaks for the rich. Um, It's the biggest power grab we've ever seen. It's just that he's not smart enough to know what it is. And everybody else who was a part of it was, yeah, they, they, they were like trying to get Trump to like, they were trying to get Trump to be smarter and they just couldn't do it. And so the whole movement failed, thankfully. Um, and it's a it's a close if it's not first probably second to whenever we gave in and said okay yeah take a, take our actual backed currency and give us these glorified IOUs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then well I don't know we they found out that we could be bribed with our own money that's another one. <laughs> yeah, we you know and that's the thing like <clears throat> why I like where I'm at in my life and where I and w- with the podcast is um, I don't sugarcoat shit. And yet th- there's a through line with all of my episodes of uh, kindness, robust living, <clears throat> tackling mental health problems and uh, helping uh, regular working people find the confidence and the opportunities to feel like they matter because that's really what's going on in this country is that most people just don't feel like they matter. I could jump off a fucking bridge and nobody would probably even notice. Maybe two people would cry over my ass. And, you know, it's easy to, to, to give up and it's easy to feel small in a big, giant world. And so all I'm trying to do is get regular people, regardless of race, regardless of politics, regardless of your spirituality, to all come together under one umbrella and, 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 and not just an umbrella of kindness, but an umbrella of thoughtfulness. And so my thoughtfulness is what allows me to sometimes say fucked up shit. Like people, I think, are always surprised because they're like, wow, he's so positive. And then I'll say something fucked up. And they're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that. He's, he's got some spicy chicken over there, too, you know, because you know, they don't understand. You know, I think a lot of people get lulled into this uh, – Oh, he's he's all about kindness. Oh. Yeah, they don't like to think of someone as a multifaceted individual. Like the, exactly. It goes against their way of, you know, cataloging you or just making sure that you fit into their particular niche that they feel like you fit in. Like, you know, yeah. I, I kind of like up with the same kind of little dilemma there. Like, 
people say, oh, you seem so genuine and just so open and thoughtful. And then I'll say stuff like, you know, uh, no child left behind. What the hell are you talking about? Some kids need to be left behind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you're like, whoa, that got dark. I didn't know he was so dark. It's like, no, it's not about being dark. It's it's about being real that – you know, uh, you know, because a lot of people assume if you're an empath, especially if you're a male, uh, you got to be overly sweet and you got to be overly kind and you got to say everything super, you know, speak in generalities and it's, yeah, it's almost but... becoming rhetoric. It's just empty rhetoric. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I want to try it because like I approach every episode like this, I'm in a bad mood today. And how can I incorporate this bad mood into my podcast in a way that isn't just going to be about hatefully talking about things, but how can I use that hatred, that, that anger, that frustration, how can I use my sadness and despair and grief to the advantage of helping people figure out that not every day is going to feel magical? And how can we use that to keep on going? You know, and so... Mm-hmm. You're Mr. Rogers for adults. That's exactly what I say. That's exactly what I say. I say I'm, I I say I'm Mr. Rogers for the new era, you know, because it's a much more (laughs) complicated time, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, you got to think that every kid out here that's got a cell phone in their hand has access to more information than the last 40, some the last presidents that we, all the presidents we've had before, say minus the last two, three, I mean, and that's that's a powerful thing. And with that power, I mean, it comes, we have a bunch of kids that have all of this technical knowledge, but none of it's mm-hmm. applicable because they don't know how to work it. And so they yeah. develop these theologies and think, think that they're doing the right thing wholeheartedly, but they're really just being a detriment in some ways. You know, they're halting mm-hmm. progress. Like all the best, all the most evil people in the world, 99% of the time, I'm not going to say 100%, but they thought they were doing the right thing. And yeah. That's great. That's where, you know, being a strong man with a soft mind comes in. That's one of the most dangerous people that you can be, other than, mm-hmm. you know, we have confident, stupid people now. And it's almost <laughs> encouraged. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. which. What what is it? I mean, you know, it's our main exports: confident, stupid people. People are just confident as hell that they know everything, but they're dumb oh, as yeah. shit because they've never they actually. Are. It's like these. I call it the cruise ship mentality. Like you know, you want to go and see all these nice places and you know see these cultures and stuff, but not necessarily interact with them because that might be a little bit too much work for you. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the lazy fat entitled white person's way of uh of of figuring out culture but in a way where he doesn't have to touch touch quote unquote dirty brown people yeah it's the buffet mentality (laughs) and i say that i say that not from myself but that's how they see it you know yeah and and what you were talking about before with the um you know coming from a place of mindfulness is you know that's being a true true empath i think because if you were to coddle everybody and tell them what they wanted to hear, that's just doing a disservice. That's stunning their growth as an individual. Mm-hmm. If they're, all they're met with is positive reinforcement when sometimes a little bit of, you know, criticism is yeah. neat. Yeah. Well, exactly right. Exactly right. And, um, you know, uh, my, my final episode, uh, was two hours long and the, the main point I was trying to make um, is that uh, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. That's uh, oh, okay. I do that all the time. I, I, I'm <laughs> a pretty much a derailed train of thought at all given times. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I have so many trains that I just catch the next one. It's usually not that far away. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, trust me, something else is going to pop into my head, and I'm gonna I might yell what I was thinking about like thirty minutes from now, but you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Other other trains have taken over. It's like we right. were talking well, about being an atheist, and uh, I brought up the you know irresponsible atheist. That's what I used to be. I mean, I was angry. Right. I was a kid. I didn't know any fucking right. better. You know, but of course right. I'm going to act against these institutions that I think I know are. Um, I was intelligent enough to be able to see 
and you know, be able to discern that, okay, the Catholic Church, hmm, maybe it's not a force for good in the world. Maybe it's just a whole institution that's, you know, making sure that they can keep playing musical pedophiles and, you know, hold more money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. no wonder the Pope yeah. looks like a fucking fifth lord. He's got to hold the secrets of the whole church on his back. I mean, it's go- of course that gravity's going to compress you into a little diamond of a person. But, yeah, yeah I feel I always say, you know, if the way I look at it, if God is real, like he's either incompetent or he doesn't care. And That's it. He, That's what I say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I hate saying it because, you know, like I said, my whole podcast is about empowering people and about positivity and about inclusion and about judgment free zone. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's hard sometimes to interject a little bit of tough love uh in a podcast, it's all about trying to get people to, 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 um, to feel encouraged. And so, yeah, going on what you were saying about, um, just, um, you know, the world, yeah, we can't learn as a society. If all we do is eat cotton candy, we have to have a little bit of broccoli in there sometimes, but too much broccoli and you can't poop and too much cotton candy and you're going to, you know, get diabetes, you know? So it's, it's a balance to maintain, of, of positive thoughts uh, and just being able to see the realities without hiding it. I mean, see, that's the thing like I get so tired of in our society is like, you're not allowed to criticize things that should openly be criticized like bad politicians. When you see things so plain, clearly and plainly, and you can't talk about it clearly and plainly because our society has all these societal rules on how to behave um yes there is a fine line between you know of course we should try to be thought you know uh, positive and you know a certain standard of normalcy i guess when you're talking to people out in society um but uh if we are not if we're too scared to talk about the controversial topics how the fuck are we going to learn yeah, there's no conversation that's a good conversation about, you know, the state of the world or anything really that's a worthwhile to have that isn't offensive to somebody. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, show me a conversation that nobody's offended by and I'll show you a conversation that has no weight to it whatsoever. But yeah, it, it's back that's to right. the God thing with me, man. You know, all these people spend their whole lives looking for love from something that I think that we all are in the beginning. And that's why, you know, to love yourself is to know God. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. It's like, how are you supposed to expect something out there that's you believe to be so big and so all knowing to love you if you don't even love yourself? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. You know, how do you, you know, most people like, if you go on Facebook, for example, and I, I always say about Facebook that Facebook is just open enough to start a conversation, but never intelligent enough to learn anything from it, you know, where <laughs> you might be able to introduce a deep topic, but it never goes anywhere because there's always somebody that gets offended. And then you end up in Facebook jail, which, by the way, I'm in Facebook jail right now. Uh, TikTok for a week. even let me on there anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you, brother. You know, and the thing is, is I'm not a super controversial person. Um, it's just that <laughs> nuance is dead in our society, dude. You know, right? Yeah, I keep so. I keep saying though to like uh, I hate the fact that I'm an adult and I find myself a little bit preoccupied with anger. That TikTok is something that I'm concerned with. But. <laughs> I remember when you had you got some strike against you for some bullshit. I remember that a few, like a month ago or whatever, two months ago. Oh yeah, yeah, that was one of many. I think that I probably had my account flagged or you know videos taken down or community guidelines actions taken against me more than probably ninety nine percent of all the people that have ever used TikTok. But it's just because I have a good way of arguing my point, like. I never make any videos I can't justify or back up and say that they are not like ill-intentioned or you know being bullying towards any group of people because you know i I don't 
feel that way about stuff. I mean, I right. think, yeah, there's a bunch of people that really could use a good bullying or the shit kicked out of them, like you know, people that are public servants that forgot about what being a servant was. But, you know, mm. that's not, they're not the people in society that I'm, the, the others aren't the people in society I'm aiming at pretty much. Now, if I was yeah. a half naked 13 year old girl, I'd be fine on TikTok spewing exactly what I talk about or even worse. You know, if I right. was a black person, TikTok, I could talk about anti-white rhetoric, rhetoric as much as I wanted. And, you know, nobody would bat an eye or dare to, even in, even if it's wrong. You know, an overcorrection is still, an still incorrect. But, you know, it's just all this. It's We're going to such extents not to offend people. And what is it? If somebody's offended, that means that they've thought about what you said or, you know, some on the most unfortunate case they're just reactionary based or you know somebody told them that they're offended yeah but you know well if you offend the right people it might make them think and you know that's yeah a good thing. well the thing i mean we've been talking for a couple of hours now and i can tell from who you are and i can tell from your values that if you ever say anything controversial it's not for being uh improper like i can tell yeah. your values aren't gonna are, it's not coming from a place of being filthy or antisocial or or criminal or any of that it's coming from a place of deep thought and nuanced thinking and sometimes you know like people get in trouble on social media when you're trying to say something of importance um but then everybody uh misconstrues what it is that you're trying to say and because the, 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 the topic might be controversial, it's flagged before it even had a chance to be thought about because um, places like TikTok, you know, I say this all the time, Facebook is where deep thinking goes to die because it's it, it just by the time you get to a point where you start asking the right questions, somebody's already flagged you and reported you and you're already in Facebook jail, so. Yeah, I mean, th those are the people that find themselves incapable of critical thought or, you know, it, too inconvenienced by t to fool with it. Yeah, it's true, but, brother. Yeah, we have been talking for a long time. Hey, if you want to, you, I don't care. You can use this as a podcast episode. Uh, I, really <laughs> I might. It. Yeah, I, no, I it's really a lot of fun. I, yeah, I think we should do this more often, dude, because um, not only what I, will I – possibly use some of these uh at least on social media if not the podcast um but it sounds to me like we've got a lot in common and uh i've had a lot of fun dude um i i really feel like i can be myself talking to you and um you know yeah it's it's just um you know like i said i mean my mission uh with the podcast and in my life is to give people just enough confidence to believe in themselves, but not so much to be arrogant or cocky to give people enough hope to, um, to, 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 to find the love and the goodness and the joy in life. Um, but to also be able to see and identify who and what's fucking shit up. And that is not a partisan thing. There are people on both sides, fucking shit up. Um, and while I might be slightly biased, I try very hard to um, talk about everything uh, in terms of universal best practices and universally what's not good for society. Um, uh, but that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with a Democratic or, and Republican Party. There's nothing wrong in and of itself of a Senate and a House of Representatives. There's nothing wrong with politics in and of itself. It's when you start manufacturing outrage, when you start lying to your own constituents, when you start uh, gerrymandering district, districts into your, in, in, to your own uh, political agenda and your own party, um, that's when things start to get bad. And so it sucks because you if you have friends that are Republicans and they have their very specific reasons for it, and you're just trying to explain, Hey, I'm okay with you being conservative, but this is the part I don't like. And this is why I'm, I'm more progressive um, because there's a lot of assumptions that go on. You know, my friends, my conservative friends think that I'm just some big woke hippie liberal. And that's not it at all. It's just that I can see where the corporate agendas are going 
I can see where the corruption of our political system is going. And I can see where the uh, dumbing down and radicalization of people is uh, turning into a culture war just so they can start winning elections. And I just think that's very sick because if you have any respect for your constituency, if you have any love at all for your audience, your base, then you wouldn't want to lie to them, especially so readily and so much. I mean, it's just the depths that these um, media giants will go to to lie and manipulate their people. Um, it's just getting disgusting. I mean, even to the point where, you know, you got Tucker Carlson, you got uh, 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 Laura Ingram and all these people who probably got the vaccination on day fucking one. And yet. Two, three months later, they're still talking shit about whether or not you should trust the vaccine. They know what they're doing. They're manipulating already paranoid people who don't trust the government. And why are they doing that? They, have you ever noticed that conservatives love government when Trump was doing it, but then they teach you to be suspicious of government once it's not their guy anymore? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all right to be suspicious of a government that puts a man who's in the throes of cognitive, a clear cognitive decline into the most powerful position in the world. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, that's what I mean is that there's nothing wrong in and of itself uh, with uh, getting people to see um, what's wrong with our society, uh, to, to, to uh, be suspicious of government, to think mm. for yourself, to be independently thinking. All that is fine. But the problem is a lot of times what they do is they scare the shit out of people who are already unstable and then they make them paranoid about things that they have no worries about you know being paranoid about a vaccine being paranoid about uh roving gangs of mexicans jumping the border uh you know fear-mongering giving intent to otherwise random events right yeah yeah that's exactly it giving intent to them right as, as yeah, the church does the same thing with miracles. Yeah, that's right. It's right. It's uh, I think it's it's all about um, scare the shit out of people and have them run into the arms of their captors. And that's what it's all about. Exactly. And Stockholm syndrome is kind of funny. You know, they think they, we think we want to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's it, dude. That's so it, brother. So, hey. um. We'll let you off of here. I know that you know, I, we can be, I can be a little bit long winded whenever it comes to like really good conversation that's got, you know, that holds value. And, you know, maybe this was a little bit therapeutic for me because, you know, sometimes I find myself so like wrapped up in like cynicism and pessimism towards like the shit that's going on. It's hard not to be bitter towards everything, but, you know, like, oh. just being able to immerse myself in conversation with people that are actually like real, like, active viewers of the shit that's going on. It's nice. Well, I thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate the conversation too. And, you know, like I said, um, you know, that's the thing I'm trying to teach people with the podcast is that it's not just positivity for positivity's sake. It's not just, you know, uh, uh, kindness for the sake of kindness. It's, it's that we can, I'm still capable of being a grumpy bastard. I'm still capable of being an asshole. But if I have this one life and I have this one voice, how can I activate that voice in a way that's meaningful, that can create change in the thinking of people, uh, not to radicalize them, not for a political agenda, but to start thinking again for themselves and to start uh, becoming a part of the solutions, you know, and I don't know, man. That's all to say to make a better world for you you know because that's all mm-hmm. i mean i'm not trying to you know like say that this is exactly what it is but a lot of what i'm doing i call it out of a sense of selfish altruism right i know that that's yeah. an oxymoron but so is my neighbor you know he loves his oxies <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> he's an oxymoron <laughs> <laughs> yes sir oh man but yeah no it was fun keith um yeah, I'd like to, you know, uh, continue the conversations. Um, yeah, and that's the thing, you know, like, 
like I said, the podcast, yes, it is trying to be a better person. It's trying to get our society to calm the fuck down, to start thinking rationally, to start uh, thinking for ourselves, to stop being a part of the echo chamber. Um, Yes, occasionally I'll say negative things about Trump or Fox News, but it's never against conservatives. It's never about conservatism. It's about what's right and wrong. And when you know shit ain't right, it doesn't, it's not, like I said, it's never about hurting anyone. It's about, uh, you know, getting people to understand that uh, there's just certain things in this world that should be universal and it should be uh, self-evident. And if it isn't self-evident, to teach people the critical thinking skills necessary for it to become self-evident, you know? Yes, there's some people I think that, you, you know, you can make the argument that they aren't and will never be capable of critical thought. And then there's the sleepers, you know, the ones that are definitely more than capable of it, but just can't be bothered to do it. So how do you wake that yeah. person up? You know, it's not yeah. usually with a heavy hand. And that's well, what we need to figure out. And sometimes it does take a heavy hand. But, you know, what they call well, constructive criticism for a reason. Yeah, where you slap them out of apathy, but you don't continue slapping them. You know, you slap them out of apathy, and then once they're awake, now maybe we can have a conversation. Yeah, well, I think complacency in our society is is dangerous, and it's a problem. And um, I think you're right and that there's a lot of very good, kind, decent people in this world, hardworking, work regular jobs. Most middle-class working folks um, have good intentions. Um, but, but I, I, I coined the term toxic positivity and I have a episode where I talk about it, um, where t- positivity is overused to the point that it's starting to, uh, do damage because we're, we're no longer allowed to say real shit anymore. And therefore we're not allowed as a society to grow or change or to, um, talk about what's real. And if you can't talk about the things that are real in life, without people labeling you as crazy or negative, then how are we ever going to grow as a society? You know, welcome to the PC culture, which is nothing but pretty much socialism with feigned manners. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So anywho, uh, I hate thank you. Pete. Hate I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Well, no problem, you know, and that's, you know, and, and you know, you're, how old are you? Uh, turned thirty this year. Okay, yeah. So you're, 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 you still got a lot of fresh cynicism to deal with, and oh, it's going to take you some. Yeah, you you've got a whole lot of open wounds, brother. Not because oh. of who you are, but because of how old you are and where we're at in society. So, don't you know? Beat yourself up that you still have this cynicism in you. Uh, my jadedness is still there. Um, I've just learned how to have the emotional intellect, the, the emotional uh, maturity and the emotional intelligence to somehow learn a way to take that cynicism and, and jadedness and convert it into something constructive. And it's not always easy, um, but that's why I try to keep the podcast a little simple. I don't get too in the weeds with, um, I try to talk a lot about sustainability and I try to talk about universal right and wrongs so that I don't have to get in the weeds of why, Certain things are wrong. In other words, just certain things are just not good for our society, and some things are. And if you kind of keep your uh, moral uh, badge of honor, if you will, uh, apparent, and people see you're coming from this good place, like I said, energy is an intention. And if your energy is good, it means your intentions are good. And if your intentions are good, even if you don't say it exactly right, people know what you mean. And so um, it's all about finding a way to take all that deep, dark anger and frustration and ooze of, because I have it too, dude. I'm not, I'm not a perfect person, but, but, but I've learned ways of, of taking everything that pisses me off and finding a way to say, who's really the victim here? You know, because it's easy to get mad at society but maybe once you start seeing that most of society is comprised of people like you and me, lower middle class people just looking for a good job, then you start realizing what's important. What's important is empowering people and making them realize that your political opposite isn't your enemy. 
your enemy is anyone who's trying to subvert democracy or subvert uh, opportunity for regular working people. And so once you start thinking higher than regular people and you start thinking about ideas, um, the people in those. Yeah, you know, it it becomes much bigger than people. Um, it's it's an idea, it, you know. Once you become, you don't get bogged down by the people that are annoying in your society. Because like, I don't like all people. There's a lot of fucked up people, but I've learned ways of of learning how to process that and uh, ma- somehow making them teaching moments. Because yeah, people are pretty fucked up out there, man. I I never, as positive as my podcast is, I've never, uh, you know. Uh, just, yeah, I've never just stopped talking about what it really is. Uh, fucked up people are out there, and it will always exist. And so, how do you how do you um, filter that, and how do you uh, learn uh, ways to cope with injustice and inequality in a way that's healthy and that's going to allow you to grow and uh, be somewhat adaptable, but not like I said, so adaptable that you end up in bad situations forever. And that's. I get down all the time about our society. It seems like we're just supposed to work bad jobs for bad pay forever and ever. And our government does, is too screwed up to care. And wow. You know, when you start realizing how alone we are, uh, it's discouraging. But when you start thinking about how to build coalitions and how to build uh, confidence in yourself and how to somehow turn that negative into a positive, I don't have all the solutions, but, um, there are ways in which you can use all that negative juju and uh, really help people that need help. I have a metaphor for it. I just came up with. What's that? You know, it's on, you cannot run a car on nitrous oxide the entire time, but it's nice to have a little boost every now and then. And that's what that anger and that hatred can be. It's fuel. It's yeah. motivation. You know, I've used spite as a motivator plenty of times. You know, I'm, a, oh, I'm competitive. Sure. Oh, sure. You know, and I don't think there's, you know, and that's what I, you know, in my very, oh, that's what I was going to say. In my very last episode, uh, it was a two hour long episode. And I talk about, um, I got on a little bit of politics because I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, but you have what I was, it's ingrained in every aspect of our society. It, it's interwoven. Yeah. How can you avoid it? Right. So, um, but, but the, the last episode was trying to get people to understand how to process all the toxicity in our culture um, and, and how to use what you see for good or for bad in a way uh, to better your own life. And, um, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I do believe that uh, there, there are um, there's ways in which we can, we don't have to deceive ourselves, uh, you know, because a lot of people, they, they just get really used to deceiving deception. Oh, it's not as bad as it looks. No, it might be just as bad as it looks. But now that we know that, how can we prepare for it? You know, there might be a whole political cabal of people that are like just manipulating the strings of all these terrible things that we see. You know, a terrorist attack by itself is horrifying. But to think that there's a group of people that are out there and they have all this malintent to put to, just to put down these false separations between us, that's a little bit more scary than an isolated event. Right. Right. And that's, and that's the thing I try to do is teach people how to choose their battles because we all can get upset over everything. I could get mad over every single injustice that's ever happened to me and I would never stop being angry. Um, And sometimes you'll, in the moment you'll think about it and you'll get pissed, but then you realize, you know, okay, that's, you know, that's that's an old injustice. You're like, worry about the new injustices. You know what I mean? So exactly, and, and think about the ones that they might try to manufacture that are still to come. Right, uh, and just try to ready yourself for it as much. You know, it's like what I said about being a comedian. It's just being a keen observer of your environment. That's exactly it. And that's what makes uh, I think empaths and uh, comedians such uh, good actors is that they're 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 just well faceted in uh staying grounded and being real you know yeah we're so ill-fitted to society that we fit right in yeah exactly right and well yeah (laughs) i you know i i tell people um that if you would ask me like three to five years ago 
um, how I thought about being a YouTuber or how I thought about being a comedian or how I thought about starting a podcast, I would have told you that that was the crazy dream, the, the, the out there dream. And now the economy is so fucking weird that I actually believe that what I'm doing right now makes more logical sense than if I had done the, the, the more stable thing, which is to go get a job at Lowe's or something. Because I actually believe that what I'm doing is building a long-term goal as opposed to simply taking care of rent and utilities right now. Um, that job at Lowe's is never going to really amount to much. What I'm doing now could potentially amount to a lot. And so if you can put in a little bit each day, um, it'll become something really great over time. You just got to feed it and nurture it. You know, If you'd gotten into podcasting 10 years ago, you would be set right now. I, I can pretty comfortably right. say that. If I'd gotten into podcasting 10 years ago, I probably would have found myself in a cultural hole that I couldn't dig my way out of because I didn't know what I thought back then well enough to be able to articulate a decent. Well, yeah. Getting to that age where you're really starting to know yourself and you're able to um, identify your own thinking. And uh, you know, you know, like I I watched a video. Do you, do you, uh, there's a guy named uh, Bo, the fifth column. He's a YouTuber. And, um, he, he talks about politics and uh, he looks like a good old boy. So everybody thinks he's going to be super conservative, but he's actually very liberal. And it's hilarious because the whole channel is about trying to get Trump supporters to challenge their own thoughts and views. And um, uh, but he talks about um, he, he talks about, like I said in the beginning, soft language. If you use um, very harsh uh uh, language and you use language that's really um, emotionally divisive right now, people tend to tune out before they've even heard your point. And so if you can somehow uh, woo people into staying to listen by not using hyper uh, rhetorical language. Yeah. Choose your words correctly. It doesn't mean soften the impact of your message. It just means use language that's going to woo people to stay and listen. And then, you, yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, and that's how you get, that's how you change minds. You know, it's, we'll get off here right after this. I promise. But yeah, they, you know, it's like, you know, you can disregard the loudest person in a room in a debate immediately. You know, it's the people that can put their points together in a calm, collected, and articulated manner that really they're in control of their, faculties pretty much you know and the whether or not they even know what the fuck they're talking about if you can put it in a clear concise way people will tend to believe you you know i, I found that right. out you know living right. in kentucky i've got all my teeth i can put together whole sentences i'm a fucking <laughs> team here you know, if, if i go to california yeah. I'm three sure there are people like me crawling out of dumpsters every day so I know my place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I always say, um, I'm the toughest of the weak or I'm the smartest of the dumb. It's okay, man. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a big fish in a little bowl and that's quite all right with me. Hey, I always like to say I'm not I'm not I'm not honest, but I ain't no damn liar. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> cuz there's, there's a difference, you know. Yeah. Um dude, I had a lot of fun. Um I think you're a terrific guy, and I think both of us, we, you know, we, we're both going to need encouragement because I don't know how long you're going to stick this out, but I'll be sticking this out for quite some time. And uh, the comedian thing, yeah, you know, just go whole hog, dude. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you kind of turned me on to this whole stereo thing. Um, uh, I'd like to find – yeah, I'd like to start doing uh, uh, IGTV videos for my my audience because I think you're right. I think they want they want to know you and they want you to be accessible. And I'm not trying to not be accessible, but I'm not a big you know video guy. It's just that I'm 47. I I reek of 47 ness. You know. Well, plus you don't want people to be able to interject themselves into your everyday life. It, you know, you got to compartmentalize it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think there's a way where if I just do a couple videos a week where I'm just like, hey, guys, it's me, you know, kind of get them to see my world, 
because they hear it on the podcast all the time. And if, and if, if they see a video that sort of confirms their understanding of your world, you know, the fact that you, you know, eat junk food or the fact that you, you know, eat your cat. Or, yeah. You're just a regular guy. Exactly. Once you start, really, they start seeing that world. Uh, you can really, uh, I think that that accessibility is really where it's at. But like you said, you know, there's a line you have to compartmentalize. You can't let people in too far, you know. You will have people, like, that really, really push it, you know. I mean, there are these, like, I, I've even had this, like, super fans, like, that feel mm-hmm. like they are really, like, uh, like an integral part of what you're doing, and they just throw themselves into situations that, you know, they're not really needed or wanted in, and even come up to be a hindrance to what you're trying to do. You know, they even mean well is the sad thing, but you know, you you have to be able to kind of figure that out who that person is, like what type of person that is before it gets a point to where it becomes like malignant. And because those people are, they're your biggest fans one second, but as soon as they figure out like, or if you like, if you offend them somehow or like their idea of who you are, they will turn on you faster than any person that, you know, doesn't yeah. like you to begin with. I, you know, they, yeah, I agree. Um, I have, uh, I have one super fan. Her name is Idris and she's from Oklahoma and she's a really nice lady. She, she, uh, <clears throat> she calls herself a, um, uh, a witch. She's in the, she's, she's a, she's a Wiccan. Oh, and, Crystal um, Bilbo's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, 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 but she's one of those really like um, just down to earth ladies. And uh, we've gotten to know each other well enough where she's actually even on my private Facebook now. And so that would not usually happen in most circumstances. I would not let a fan into my real world like that. But in this instance, I made an exception because it's Idris, you know, Um yeah. And but but you're right. I have told my wife that um, your fans in the beginning may not always be your fans in the end. Um, I think Idris is one of those rare exceptions where she'll she would. I think she would she would walk to the end of the earth for us because she just she cooks to our podcast. She she listens to us every day, and when she's done with the last episode, she goes back to the first one again and just keeps. Like she loves our shit. Right. And I, and I really like her as a person too. We have a lot, you know, she's, you know, she's outspoken about things that she doesn't like and uh, she's not overly political and uh, you know, she's, she loves cats like us. So we've got a lot in common Um, and normal and under normal circumstances, uh, I would fucking never let a fan or uh, one of my audience become a part of my personal life. But in this instance, she's really a nice lady. And so I, you know, she's harmless. And so, uh, we get along pretty good and we, we literally talk every day on Instagram. And, um, it's one of those things where I've had to remind myself though, that, uh, through this process, um, aside from Idris, um, I sincerely believe that the fans you make in the beginning are not going to be the same fans you have two, three, four, five years later. Uh, very rarely. I, maybe there's a couple, but, uh, I have a feeling if you have the same fans that you have in the beginning and that never changes, that means that you're not changing yourself. You're not evolving. Like you're not yeah. getting better because you're not you growing. Drop off. Yeah. That's right. That, I, that's just given. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because, you know, and I, I was telling Rebecca, my wife about that. I was just saying that, you know, as your popularity grows, um, you know, your fans, uh, they want to know what you're like. And when, they, when you can play videos that sort of confirm their suspicions about how normal you are and how regular you are, you're not a celebrity, you're not rich. And they can see that I actually live in a trailer park that I actually am poor, that my truck actually doesn't start. <laughs> you know, They're like, Oh, he's just like us, you know? And so I kind of, I kind of, um, you know, when I a lot some of my openers on the podcast, I'll say straight from the trailer park in Oregon. You know, of uh, kind of like the tra- trailer. Tra- you know, yeah, people are straight. You know, I, I use the trailer to my advantage because uh, 
I can I can right away you people know that I. What was that? You're just like, hey, I'm Brian Q. Everyman. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people uh, need that nowadays because when you're a podcaster and when you have a particular style and voice, uh, people uh, they get they get uh, jealous. They get uh, they think you're. They think you're a part of the man. You're the man now. You're a, you're an authority figure. They think you're they think you're wealthy. They think you have an agenda. They th- you know they can turn to, to, to not trust you. And so, I really have used my regular life as a sort of a just a you know bird's eye view of what you see is what you get, man. You know. Yeah, you, you know. There's also you you want to kind of you want to be accessible, but you don't want people to feel like they can pry or just interject at any point in your life. I think, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a good, there's good balance that you have to maintain between making sure that people look to you as not just like on the exact same level, but yes, be a good example for them to try to get to that's, that's attainable. Well, that's exactly what I do is like, yes, I do come from the trailer and yes, I do. I am regular folk, but I'm also a fitness runner and I'm also intellectually uh, not always on their level. And so uh, it's always like about riding that line, right? Where you want to show them that you're regular folk, but you also want to show them that you still have that it factor. You know what I mean? Exceptionally regular. Right. Right. Exactly. Exceptionally regular. That's it. That's exact. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Shakespeare said the words were meant to woo women. I fucking love women, man. I know words. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 always had a like for the ladies myself, but I'm I'm married now, so my wife's home from work. She's, <laughs> she's sitting right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, same here. You know, I was an ugly kid. I wanted to hold some hands. Hello, jokes. <laughs> right. Well, if you if you don't got the looks, you got to develop the personality, right? <laughs> I don't know. You know who who wants to do that? Jeez, I wish I was just born hot, but nope, I had to develop the personality. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry, you're not ugly. I I I've seen ugly. You ain't it. <laughs> yeah, you know, this argument made you know, having all your teeth really helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, speaking of which, I just had a I had a my back tooth pulled the other a couple of days ago, and. uh I'm just like, I was telling my dentist that I'm just glad that all the teeth that I lose are the ones in the back, not the ones in the front, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or you can be like, oh, sh- shut up, Keith. Let this man go. <laughs> this was a good conversation, man. I appreciate time and everything. Um, if you, if, if it shows you um, that you can download, whenever you get off here, it should prompt like um, that you can either download the episode or have it emailed okay. to you. Either one of them work. And uh, yeah, I don't care a bit if you use it for your podcast. Um, I think there's some actually some really good, you know, conversation here that people would benefit from. You know, if they don't think that we're being too uppity. Yeah, well, I hope I hope not because I I, I really try not to be that. Um, but yeah, you can use you have my permission to use any por- portion of this, all of it, some of it. I don't care. Um, you know, uh, I really, you know. At this point, uh, you know, sure, I see you as a fellow comedian empath and I see you as someone to network with. But, um, uh, you know, at this point, I just see you as a as a decent person who shares my values and shares my just shares so much in common with me that I I really want to see you succeed as well. So uh, whatever I can do to help you, let me know, Um, you know, uh, got to have friends in this world, brother. I mean, that's what this business is all about, dude. You know, nobody makes it by themselves. No, no, definitely and, not. You, know, you will lose people <clears throat> in this. And, you know, it hurts, but, you know, it's necessary for growth because growth isn't always comfortable. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and where, where, you know, that's what I tell my wife is <clears throat> I know it seems like I'm nowhere right now. Um, but I'm, I'm really lucky that I have a wife that understands where this could potentially go. Um, because I don't know where it's going to go. Is this going to lead me to a a radio host job on XM radio? Is it going to end up uh, just simply being a good therapeutic platform for me to talk? Uh, and, and then it goes nowhere. Perhaps, uh, is it going to, 
you know, is going to just be some place that I can hawk my books when I write my books. Uh, whatever it ends up being, it doesn't matter. It's not the what, it's the, the journey and the fact mm. that you're doing something that you actually enjoy and you're actually, you feel like yourself doing it. Like when I work real jobs, I don't feel like myself. Um, and, and they don't allow me to be myself. And this is the only job I've ever had where I sincerely feel 100% myself all the time. And I love it. This is one of the only pursuits that actually really, it kind of, it, um, it rewards being intelligent and being like just a open, accepting person. But, you know, at mm-hmm. the same time to be an open and accepting person who's honest, you know, you have to call out the fucked up aspects of society and, you know, the fucked up, people in it and you know not be scared to and it's like be ready to be disappointed but don't give up yeah well that's i've i i talk about it in the podcast i hate to keep saying that but it's true that um the i i tell people on days where i'm having second thoughts where i'm having down days where i'm getting impatient um and i talk about it very openly because i want people to see the process. I want people to be a part of that journey. See, and I want well, I mean, comedy's mm-hmm. fun, but I promise, man, this this business, this industry, it sucks the fun out of it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I think most real comics that have any level of success have had to be um, uh, uh, just two parts good guy and one part asshole because you have. You, there is a business aspect to it, and there's going to be, uh, you know, clubs and uh, places that are going to take advantage of you. There's going to be uh, bars and dingy places that aren't going to appreciate you. Um, and so you, it takes a lot of guts to do this at, at any capacity, let alone on stage. You know, um, yeah, it takes sure. huge, it takes giant balls, bro. But yeah. for me, you know, like my wife. She's an introvert, and she's like, I could never do what you do. No fucking way, right? And for me, I don't get scared by things like this. I get scared by the mediocrity of regular jobs and regular living. That's not to say that I wouldn't take a regular job, but it just means, um, it's you best. know, that 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 scares me way more than 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 what I'm doing now. Yeah, to fall into that routine nine to five. Every day, just work off the weekends. You know, you drink the week away whenever you're off work. I mean, yeah, that's mm-hmm. death to me. Well, and that's what my wife's doing right now. And she's doing a great job, too. And, and so I'm trying very hard for her to hang on because uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those jobs where she deals – she works at a grocery store. And she deals with all the mask holes and she deals with all the anti-vaxxers. And she deals with a lot of rudeness and meanness and unkindness. Um, but thankfully, she works with a group of people, for the most part, that have each other's back, that are always there for each other, that don't, um, you know, they, they always protect each other and they don't, they don't root all automatically with the customer. It's always, the customer is not always right. The customer is the bad guy in most cases. <laughs> And dealing with the public will help you build a solidarity with the people around you that have to deal with them as well. Almost like no other thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, my wife, she, she is doing such a good job, but I have to keep reminding her, this is going somewhere. Don't think that I'm just, you know, plateauing. I'm there's a reason for all of this, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you ever want motivation, go watch the first couple episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, okay. It's just him sitting on a couch, like just a dirty apartment, talking to his friends. (laughs) Right. Right. And then to see where it's come from since then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I use Joe Rogan as an example in a lot of my, uh, uh, bits on my podcast and i got nothing against joe rogan i actually like the guy um but <clears throat> the problem with celebrity ism celebrity culture is that it doesn't have to be a, a humanitarian it doesn't have to care about right and wrong it can simply exist in its in a vacuum of its own self-righteousness and so while i like joe rogan 
um, and I like his podcast, um, you know, to see people tattooing his fucking ugly bald face on their fucking calf makes me want to vomit. Like, oh, that's hilarious to me. It's material. You know, and I like Joe Rogan, but he's not a, you know, that third eye Joe Rogan yeah, shit. Come on. Give me a break. They're deifying him. I mean. Yeah, exactly. They're deifying him. Exactly. <laughs> but and even he would people, tell you that I'm not worth all that, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you want, uh, no, I wouldn't. If anybody wants to get a tattoo of me, I'm going to endorse it fucking fully. That's free advertising. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. But 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 like my point is is that even Joe Rogan knows Rogan's not that worth it, you know. Like even he's self aware enough to know that he's just some dumb cocksucker who got lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, he's so not getting high off his own supply, you know. Oh yeah, he he just does DMT. That's that's his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, man, it's been wonderful. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Great conversation. Good back and forth. Nice chemistry. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Uh, likewise. And uh, if you need anything at all, uh, let me know. Uh, you can always reach me on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's do it again sometime. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, like I said, just continue to encourage each other. Uh, hopefully uh, help each other grow as a brand. Uh, and, uh I don't have all the answers yet, but uh, I got a pretty good idea where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I think you do too. I think we're in a very uh, similar place in terms of our uh, needs and goals and aspirations. And so, yeah, whatever we can do to help each other with that, I think that would make the, uh, just, it would feel nice to have a, uh, somebody in the uh, passenger seat on the same journey as me, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, it always helps to be like surround yourself by like-minded people. You know, and I don't mean like-minded by just people that are yes men, but people right. that are you know actual, you know critical thinkers, and you know you come to the same conclusion through the same processes. You know, it's it's yeah. a nice thing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon, uh, Keith. And thank you for the invite, and I appreciate everything uh, that you're doing for me. And like I said, uh, I'm always here for you for whatever, brother. Hey, no problem, and that's duly noted and appreciated, dude. I'm terrible at goodbyes, so I'm going to say cheers. See you, bro. <laughs> I never know how to end my podcast, and I won't know how to end this one either. So, <laughs> say, Hey, I'm, I'm Keith, and this is it. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, this is how I usually end a podcast. Oh, he, he hung. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs>